You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Boston College, this is AJ Black. Locked On Boston College is a daily podcast that we do five days a week where we talk Boston College sports. Today, we're going to talk about Boston College basketball. And with us, we have one of the best insiders and, and most knowledgeable uh, per- people who cover BC basketball, or, or at least used to. It's Eric Hofsis, who's been my co-host for many of these episodes. Eric, how's it going? I'm doing good, AJ, and uh, thanks for the thanks for the high praise. Uh, I don't know, it's, I guess the combination of my work and the fact that uh, that so so little people seem to cover BC hoop still, but I appreciate that. So before we jump in, I wanted to give a quick news update. Um, I didn't get to go to media day yesterday for men's basketball, but I went back and re-listened to all all the interviews, and there was a rumor. I mentioned it yesterday that Missouri's not going to be on the schedule anymore. And Jim Christian basically said so during the uh, the meeting yesterday. He talked about who they replaced it with, which again is another tough 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 game. They're going to be playing Oregon instead of Missouri, who is oh, wow. another top twenty five team. Huh. Uh, so. Christian had his thoughts about that, but I want to talk to Eric because Eric has some good insight. Eric, who would you like to talk about first? Well, I, I today I was going to talk about some of the new faces on the team because I think people would be interested in that. And uh, I, I want to start off with the guy that's uh, really interesting to me, and that's uh, Makai Ashen Lankford. He was he's the transfer coming up from Providence. Um, this guy was just an absolute beast when he was being recruited. He was pretty much a consensus four-star top 50 kid. Um, he went to Providence and, you know, from, from what I've heard talking to people down there and also the BC guys, you know, it was a little bit of a confidence issue down there. Um, he he kind of lost confidence right away, and sometimes I would show him on the court. It was interesting watching his uh, – Providence career because he'd show flashes at times of of being a top 50 guy and I I actually I look back on like my Twitter from because I used to cover Providence a little bit too and um, I I had some praise for him in some games I actually said you know out loud on Twitter like I don't know why Providence doesn't play this guy more I, I think he makes a lot of good plays and you know with few bad decisions but you know, he was up and down in Providence, and uh, he kind of got in the doghouse, and now he's at BC, and um, got some good news out of the BC camp in that they feel like they have his confidence back up. Um, he's running the point right now for BC, um, like he did at Providence, and from what I hear, BC has his confidence up. He's playing like, you know, the the guy that was a top 50 recruit, and I think that's good news for BC because I... I think a lot of people nationally weren't really sure what BC was getting with him. And we're like, yeah, you know, he's decent, but, but I don't know. BC coaches are high on him. So more to come on that. And yeah. And I, of course I go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, Eric. You can finish up. No, go ahead. Say what you're going to say. So I was just going to say, I I've heard the same thing that he's going to swagger back and that he's a much needed um, boost for BC specifically that he gives an edge to that team. You know, last year, BC was not a, 
know, they had their moments where you saw some energy out of them, but they were kind of a, I don't want to say flat team, but they didn't have a ton of um, emotion behind them. And it seems like Makai is going to give them a little swagger, a little uh, trash talking on the court and a little edge, which I think the team desperately needs. Yeah, I think, I think he will too. And, uh, you know, you know, don't forget this, this guy was, like I said, he was the real deal um, coming out of Brewster Academy in New Hampshire. I mean, Rick Patino at Louisville wanted him. UConn wanted him back when UConn was good a couple of years ago. So it was, this guy was wanted by a lot of big time programs at the time. So glad uh, and hope that BC can keep him on the right track as far as his confidence goes. And then, um, you know, of course, his his younger brother Demar is on the team, and he was another guy. He he now he was. The recruiting rankings had him more like a top 100 and top 50 guy, but still a very highly regarded player. Um, I, I, one coach described him to me as a man-child. He comes in physically ready to roll. He's uh, just a, a, a really good-looking guy. Um, and they, they told me he's going to make an immediate impact this year. And, you know, that could roll, roll you to raise your – Roll your eyebrows a little, like, uh, no kidding, Eric. Like, they get a four-star kid, you're going to say he's going to make an immediate impact. But that doesn't always happen. You know, you remember uh, Jarius Hamilton, the last, you know, really big-time recruit they got here. When he came to BC, he, he got playing time as a freshman, but he only averaged five points and four rebounds a game his freshman season. So, you know, my expectations for DeMar Langford is to be a much – much bigger impact um, than Hamilton was when he came here, even though they kind of come here with the same recruiting rankings, um, you know, similar in top hundred guys with that. I I think Langford's going to be a much more of an impact player here at BC. And instead of the five and four that Hamilton gave him when he walked on campus, I, I think Langford can easily contribute double digits and points this year. Awesome. and then you have a couple of the transfers you want to talk about, uh, either Rich Kelly or Fred Scott. Yeah, Fred's, uh, you know, Rich Kelly, I heard, heard is looking, looking good. Uh, some people are familiar with him. Frederick Scott is a guy I'm really excited to see play. Um, from what I'm told, uh, this guy shoots it lights out from deep. And that that is really much needed here on this roster. Like, you look at last year and, you know, you had – Jay Heath, who's a good three-point shooter, but and you know statistically he was the best one on the team. But you know he averaged he from three he shot thirty-seven point six percent last year. And then you know you you look down the list, and the next best three-pointer three-point shooter on the team was Nick Popovich at thirty-three percent. You know in this day and age, that's that's not really uh, what you want from your top two three-point shooters. Especially at thirty three percent, that's kind of a ugly number in modern college basketball, and that's why I'm excited about Scott. Um, he shot forty percent from the three point land last year, um, which would immediately make him the best three point shooter on the roster. So that's that's really a much needed, um, you know, acquisition for BC from a guy that can can shoot it from deep, um, and. To, to top it off, the other guy I want to talk about that um, I've gotten a lot of questions from on about on Twitter, I know you have too a little bit, is Winston Tabs. Everyone wants to know what's up with Winston Tabs. Is he ready to play? Yep. Um, is he back? He is back. He is practicing with the team. He will be playing. Um, 
Winston Tabs, I'm hearing, looking good. He's, you know, he's recovering from a major injury. So I think I think fans do have to temper their expectations for him a little bit here, especially to start the year. Um, he's he's working his way back. He's not he's not yet a hundred percent of what he was before he got injured, and I don't I don't think that's you know anything to be scared about. I think you know it just takes guys time to come back from that. So from what I hear, he's looking good. He's making his way back. He's not. He's not 100% of what he was before his injury, but he's working his way back to that. Who knows if that takes weeks or months or what, but he's on his way. So I think I, my my most important takeaway from that is that uh, he is back because that was, uh, you know, it was it was dicey there. Some people wondered if he even even be back, you know, with the with the bad luck with injuries he's had, but yeah. he's back on the court, and that's that's good news for BC. Yeah, Eric. Uh, any last thoughts? I know we have to we have to head out in a couple of minutes, but uh, did you have anything else you wanted to bring up? No, just I, I you know, I think I think uh, I think this is going to be a pretty exciting opener against against Villanova, and uh, I'd really look for a shootout. I think I think this BC team um, is going to play a fast paced style where they're going to try and outscore the other team, and that that probably makes sense. They don't have a lot of great defensive players on this roster. So they're, they're going to try and win um, with offense and um, win or lose that. I guess you could say that's kind of an exciting style to watch when they get up and down the court and try and score 90 points a game. So I'm looking forward to it. And I think, I think this uh, opening game versus Villanova is going to be much more competitive than probably many of the national guys think. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be something, and we'll talk to you again uh, later, earlier next week when we kind of preview because we're we're going into bye week number two next week um, with no Boston College football. So we'll talk more basketball with Eric Hostis next week. Eric, thanks for for uh, hopping on today to talk uh, BC basketball. All right, sounds good. Talk to you next week. Take care. Now it's time to talk Coors Light. Coors Light is the perfect beer that helps me chill. You know. It's the end of the week. I've been going, 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 going all week long with work and, you know, family things and, you know, taking care of everything that I need to do to make my life continue to work in the way it does. And when I need to chill, I get a Coors Light. You know, there's so much sports on. I can't wait, uh, you know, for a weekend of football that doesn't involve Boston College where I can just chill and watch anything. And when I do, I'm going to grab myself a Coors Light. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, and it's perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind, and I need to unwind a lot because it's, you know, life can be chaotic sometimes, you know? So when you want to hit the reset button, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look, delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Locked on Boston College, this is AJ Black. We're continuing our coverage of basketball. We're going to kind of switch it up a little bit here and talk about women's basketball. And don't groan because they're an, I'm telling you right now, they're an awesome team to follow, and I want to get you guys into it. So with me, I have Dan Rubin of bceagles.com. And Dan uh, it has been covering this team for the last couple of years, and he's going to tell you a little bit about the program itself and why you too, like me, Got, should get excited about BC women's basketball. Dan, how's it going? Hey, another another fine day. Uh, wrapping up dinner and uh, and kicking back to talk some BC athletics. What could be better? 
I know, right? It's, it's the best way to wrap up a day, you know. I know. As, as someone who, you know, you read all these, these things online about how to, like, handle the pandemic. For me, honestly, sports and talking about sports, and this is sort of a job for me. It's sort of a high side hustle. I have a, a real career outside of this. But doing this is almost therapeutic for me to talk about sports, to get into it, and to kind of dissect it. So I'm glad I have you on here, Dan, to talk about it. Uh, how have you been? Hey, we're kindred spirits like that. I have been fantastic. Like you said, sports keeping me afloat. That a lot of Call of Duty in my in my uh, in my days because uh, we're not going very much anywhere these days. But uh, a lot of Call of Duty, a lot of sports. We're getting ready for basketball, man. This is the best time. This is my favorite season. This is it. I love college basketball season. So as we've talked about on the on the show before, uh, this weekend we have hockey kicking off, both men's and women's, and then next week on Wednesday uh, they both um men and women's basketball kickoff and women's basketball kicks off against unh so dan tell me a little bit bit about this program i know we're we're returning taylor soleil soleil uh who is a naismith final um watch list um induct um watch list member i think that's what you call it uh for the national player of the year what what's going on with this program how have they improved so much under joanna mcnamee you know, it, it's it, she uses the word grit. Coach Mac does, and and I think that's always been the the number one factor for this program. When you th- talk about a team and 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 you realize that this team had been coming off of some 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 subpar records, a lot of subpar performances, she took over a roster that had something like six or seven freshmen on it, and no inherent seniors, no natural seniors on the team. She opened up that first year and just decided to change her culture and install grit, which is. Where diving on the basketball, running, helping your teammates up, sprinting both ends of the floor, finding that little bit extra. She had spent that first year installing that and then built on that last year with the culture that she had. She found a, a lot of, of talent that, that had been lying dormant, awoken, awakened it, awoken it. Uh, I don't know what the right, right verbiage <laughs> is there. Uh, but it awoken and uh, it awakened. And, uh, and from there, BC put together a 21 season record for wins in the ACC since they joined record for most road wins, was a tournament team as far as all parties are concerned. Um, based on what everybody had said and in bracketology on ESPN, BC was a bubble team that was bubble in. Uh, they were one of the last teams out, uh, last teams in, unless something really weird happened that year, that last weekend uh, of conference tournament play. So this is, a, this is a championship caliber team that she built basically just by overhauling the culture and and getting people to buy in and buying in together. And, and they've certainly done that in the first two years of her, of her reign. Now I have to admit, I, I was skeptical, you know, I, I've followed along with, you know, I follow along every Boston college sports team. And for years, I just kind of, they were always a back burner team for me and, and the record never really in like pushed me, you know, when they had uh, the former head coach that, you know, kind of didn't get them very far but the last year I gave them a chance, you know, when they made that, when they had that first win, I think it was at Notre Dame was their first big win last year. They caught my attention and I started watching it and I really got into it. They were a fun team to watch. And I had mentioned before Taylor Soleil, tell me a little bit about her. What does she bring to this program and why is she, you know, she grew from, you know, just from what I looked at and in the statistics I saw, she took a huge jump between her freshman and sophomore year. What is she going to bring this year, Dan? Uh, she did. She sold something of a of a basketball kindred spirit. She is a she's she's one of my favorite basketball players I think I've ever seen. She was the ACC's 
most improved player last year. And it's the type of player that can take over a game. So when you talk about grit, you talk about needing a player to take over a game in women's basketball. You're really looking for that swing player. Um, based on Coach Mack's style, you need to have a running five. So you need to have a center that can run the floor. But you need to have a wing player that's, that, that's a forward that can, that can play up and play the power forward position, but can also pop up and take a jump shot and, and even switch in uh, if there's foul trouble or if there's energy um, uh, on, that, on that five hole, on, that, on, that, uh, on the center position. And like I said, T-Soul certainly did that. And, and she was uh, magnificent uh, at crowding the basket and defending it, getting back and scoring and, and lighting up opponents. She had a little bit of problem at times with foul trouble in a couple of games, but, you know, that was because she was intense and she was playing hard and just couldn't dial it back when the game was being called tight. And I think that's uh, something that if you're a coach, you, you want a player to do that. You want a player that's going to play hard for all 40 minutes and, and, and give everything that she's got on the floor. And when you look at her stats, she jumped up to almost 15 points per game. Um, got to the line a ton last year, rebounded seven rebounds a game, dished the ball with, with about two assists, got steals. I mean, she was the, that all-around type player. As she has progressed, and, and one of the things that she's had to work on is continuing to get more consistent with some of the outside shooting because she was not a, a away-from-the-basket type of shooter. And if she adds that this year, she conceivably could be the best player overall in the entire country. And that is not hyperbole. That's not overstating her impact. Uh, if she develops an 18 to 20 foot jump shot, which by most accounts, she's now becoming a little more automatic from 15 feet in and, and that 15 foot floater is, is, is her jam these days. Um, she's going to be one of the players that you look at at the end of the year and say, that's the ACC's best player and the ACC's best player is the best player in the country, hands down. Yeah, I mean, just as someone who picked up the, 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 the team last year and started really watching, her play um, really caught my eye. So my, my, just as a little backstory, my wife's cousin was all uh, Big East's se uh, second team or first team uh, when she played. She was with Villanova. And um, so I, I watched players and, you know, watched some women's basketball. And I was just blown away at, at the quality of play by Taylor Soleil last year. And so my other question, I, just, I you know, it's interesting to, you know, just to watch this team and to see where they're going. Now they have a big change that they're going to have. They've lost two of their big players, Emma Guy and Georgia Pinot. They got to last name, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, they both graduated. And Emma Guy is a big one because that, that's your, as you mentioned, you need a moving center. And she was that last year. What do you see? Is it going to be a freshman this year that's going to be playing the five, or the, is Joe, um, Coach McNamee going to move players around? Any any guesses on where that's going to go, Dan? So first off, you're, I don't think necessarily you're trying to replace. Um, and a lot of people, myself included, ask the question of how do you replace an Emma guy? And, and one thing that Coach Mack has been very open about is you can't replace Emma guy. Her heart, her hustle, her her grit. Again, that word grit uh, would. Far none, one of the most intense, one of my, one of the best that, that you could, you could ever pick uh, on a on a basketball court. She battled through injury. She battled through it. She's now playing overseas in Greece uh, as a, in uh, for Sporting Athens, I think it is, which is one of their uh, most heralded, storied women's basketball programs. Uh, but you know, she's a. You're not necessarily trying to replace that. Instead, what you're trying to do is 
maybe find some players who share the load, who can share that scoring and, and offer something a little bit different, a different type of hustle, maybe a different type of look. And in that, you're going to get someone like Clara Ford, who backed up Emma Guy, uh, didn't necessarily see a ton of time because of Georgia Pinot's presence, but has learned, has soaked in from both Emma and from assistant coach uh, Yolanda uh, Griffith, who, who is one of the absolute greatest basketball players, if you look up her numbers, in United States women's basketball history. She is one of the greatest centers, if not the greatest center, that has ever lived uh, for Team USA, WNBA MVP. This is, she, she is an asset. So when you're talking about Coach Yo, you're also then imparting that wisdom, imparting those lessons from having worked with Emma on someone like Clara. By the same token, Akuna Okonkwo did not play last year. She, I believe, tore her Achilles and was out for the year, but she's coming back. Now, yes, her, her sophomore year is kind of a freshman year, and she has to get back into full form, but she also is the type of player where she, as she gets into game shape, as she gets back into you know, playing basketball competitively, which is not something they were able to do much of over the summer necessarily, depending on where you lived and what was available and, and, and where baskets are, you know, what you could actually do. Um, she's going to work into that lineup. And I think people are going to, people are going to be surprised at how it's a little bit of a different twist, but at the same time, uh, it'll look a lot like the same Boston college basketball team, especially as the season progresses uh, and gets into the thick of ACC play. All right, uh, we'll be, uh, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to talk to Dan Rubin more about BC women's basketball in just a moment. If you are like me, your life is always go, go, go. I feel like I'm going from job to job to taking care of my family to doing everything I need to do to get my life going that I never find the time to take care of myself and eat something good. It's always burgers or junk food or frozen food. That's when I found Built Bar. Built Bar is a delicious, nutritious, chocolate-covered bar that is so easy to eat, you can find time to eat anytime. And they have so many delicious flavors, 18 of them in total. Some of the ones I love, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, and chocolate almond. Oh, man, I'm just getting hungry thinking about these. Built Bar is nutritious. It has so let's look at the coconut almond bar for almond bar for a second. 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, five grams of sugar, and five net carbs. Where are you gonna beat that? You're gonna get yourself some good food, you're gonna fill yourself up, and you're gonna enjoy it. And all of these sound really some of them are so good, you're not gonna even believe it. Now, Built Bar has a special promotion: free cooler with a purchase. While supplies last, all you need to do is go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. Again, I have with me Dan Rubin. We're talking about BC women's basketball. The team kicks off on Wednesday at 1 p.m. against UNH, and you can catch that game on the ACC network. Uh, it's perfect timing right before Thanksgiving. If you're at home, I will be. Uh, making pies with my in-laws and doing all sorts of stuff. Um, if you want to catch, you know, some good BC sports, um, it, it'll be a fun game to watch. So, Dan, um, I'm going to ask you some questions about the upcoming season. Where do you think this team can go? I know that they've they're, the women's basketball set up their divisions, uh, their conference this year into three divisions. And BC, it sounds like, pulled a really tough pull in terms yeah, of – the death. 
<laughs> where do you think is this going to be more of a, like is this a year where you think they they're going to rebuild a little bit or you think they're going to continue to build upon what they were doing or again just like most other sports i think fans want to see things but i think if you take a step back everything seems like this is just a free year for most sports where where do you think this is at for this program so it's going to be really interesting and in a sense that the acc like you mentioned divided into three regions so bc is in the north region which is pittsburgh and syracuse syracuse is kind of a lower end top 25 team and, and that's a team that you usually try to use as your measuring stick as the middle of the of the group of which you're compared with on normal years you're, you're kind of looking at the the greater acc and the georgia techs and the, the florida states and the miamis of the world and, and this year you're, you're, if you're looking at those teams that you're guaranteed to play home and home against, you have Pittsburgh and Syracuse, but then you have Notre Dame, who is a women's basketball historic power, so many Final Fours, et cetera. Muffet McGraw on national championship banners there. And then you have Louisville. And Louisville is a just annual loaded powerhouse, no matter how you try to, to look at it. They were the regular season champion last year and uh, did not uh, win. I think they were eliminated by Florida State, but they're, they're an annual national championship. I think they went to a Final Four, played for a national championship, if I'm not mistaken. They probably am in that, but they definitely went to the Final Four with Notre Dame a couple of years ago. Uh, so you're dealing with two teams that are historic pillars in the ACC. Just out of that group, the most intriguing piece of this is the fact that if you expect BC to not be able to sustain that growth, then you're looking at the division and you're saying, all right, it's Louisville and Notre Dame, then it's Syracuse, and then it's BC and Pittsburgh. If BC sustains the growth, and if Notre Dame doesn't have a rebound, Muffet McGraw has since retired. Uh, she's now an analyst on ACC Network, and, and they have a new coaching staff. But Notre Dame, if they don't have the quick bounce back that everybody kind of expects them to, they're a preseason top 20 as opposed to a top 25, as opposed to a top 10. Uh, you know, that people are kind of looking at them with one eye open, the same one eyebrow raise that maybe they're looking at Boston College with, which is, all right, we don't expect Notre Dame to stay down. We also don't expect in some cases, and when I say we, we mean the greater media, to expect Boston College to stay up. Now, in, in between there, you're going to get this, this lovely cross-section where Louisville is always going to be a top 10 team and a national championship contender. And then in the middle, you're going to answer the question of how good Boston College can be about those Notre Dame games. They can pick one off from Louisville. And if you can pick off a game from the rest of the division. So the, the set, I, I think it's the central division and then the south division or something like that. Uh, you're only going to play those teams once, possibly home, possibly on the road, with the exception of two teams which were assigned two games. So those are the teams you're going to, two additional teams you're going to play home and home. One is Georgia Tech. They won 20 games last year and finished seventh right along where BC was. And the other is NC State, who won the league. So you've got a pretty brutal conference in there, which is what you want. So tempering the expectations of saying step back, you don't want to step back, but at the same time, you're looking at the league, and if you expect certain teams to rebound real quick, then you expect other teams to go backwards. And I don't know if that's going to be the case because I don't think anybody knows what's going to happen. I don't think anybody really knows what's going to happen this year. This year is just a this yep. year is just a, a, a scatter shot all across the board. But I, I think that within that group is where you're going to find a lot about this BC team. 
it's interesting that you know both men and women's basketball have a really tough schedule this year i was talking about that earlier with the men's team they have but jim christian he says it over and over again he he with his program he has the faith in his team to to, to win those games and it sounds like joanna McNamee has this, the same faith and uh, you know with the women's team based off what i saw last year I will, I, I'm not ruling them out in any game. And the way that they played, the way that, that she, she has that team, you know, working and, and believing in her message, um, that's, a, that's a program that they could they're, – they're a team that could, you know, pull off a, a huge upset here and there. And um, that, I think that's, that's an exciting program to, to continue watching. And, and if, you're, if you haven't yet, I, I, again, I'm, I'm recommending check out the women's basketball team. They're a lot of fun to watch. Dan Rubin, any last thoughts before we head out for the evening? Look, this team's fundamentals have taught me way more about basketball than I ever thought I could because I was yep. never really – I love watching basketball, but I never really knew the sport. This team will teach you everything you need to know about how to play the game the right way. That's the yep. one thing I think uh, I think that always needs to be said. Yep. And so, uh, Dan, where can they people find you on uh, Twitter? On Twitter, at BC Dan Rubin. I actually just had to think of that for a hot second. Yeah. <laughs> um, at BC Dan Rubin, also on uh, bceagles.com. Any article that's got UNLTD, I think it is, that's next to it, or UNTD, uh, those are the ones that you want to read. Those are mine. You also want to read the other stuff because that's where the newsies and stuff is. But um, those are mine, the, U the Eagles Unlimited, at bceagles.com, and uh, on Twitter, at BC Dan Rubin. Uh, Dan, thanks as always. It was great to talk to you and, and to learn a little bit more about this program. Uh, have a great weekend and uh, enjoy for football, at least by week number two next week. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I've got so much time on my hands. All my leaves are waiting for me. I know. It's it's great to not have to, like, I'm sure the players are, are enjoying their time off and I, I feel for them. I'm sure they must be, you know, doing, as, as Halfley said, doing a lot of therapy and yoga to kind of get themselves back in the uh, feeling better about themselves. But me as this out of shape writer and podcaster, I'm just enjoying not having to cover them for a, for a little while and thinking about something different, you know? Amen. All right. Well, thank you, Dan. And if I don't talk to you, have a happy Thanksgiving. This is AJ Black. Uh, this is Locked On Boston College. You can follow me on Twitter at AJ Black underscore BC. You can follow the uh, podcast at Locked On BC. I ask always if you like this podcast, please go on to Apple's, give us to Apple iTunes and give us a five-star review and a follow and a, a, a review. It helps us tremendously in terms of finding new audience members. And uh, I will see you all on Monday where we'll talk more basketball. We'll talk some hockey and we'll get into everything. Thank you all and have a great weekend.